0: Welcome, everyone. This is A
1: Mission-Focused Life, and I am your host, Tim Olofsson. I'm down here in Calhoun, Tennessee, and with me today is my co-host, Pastor Tanner Payton in Rock Island, Illinois, and good friend, ACF uh, board member, Pastor Glenn Watley, and he is up in Alexandria, uh, Louisiana, or down in Alexandria, Louisiana today. Right, right. Yeah. And So anyway, welcome, guys. Hey, thanks thanks for having me. Hey, we are going to have a great conversation today about something that I've grown to, to know. And actually, the, the mission focused life is actually kind of comes out of this book called uh, The Abiding Cycle. It's a, it's a book written by uh, Pastor Glenn, and it's 120 pages of goodness. And uh, I'm going to show that to you here in a little bit. But uh, so, as we get started, um, just a little short recap. So, a mission focused life, what we try to do is we try to help people live. Uh, give people guidance on how to live a more purposeful life and how to do that in a minute by minute situation. So each day is an opportunity uh, to be a missionary with the people God presents to us each day. And what Glenn's book does is very similar to that. It's called The Abiding Cycle. And it's kind of the work, the things that are going on behind the scene that we need to be aware of. Glenn, so why don't you just tell us a little bit more about The Abiding Cycle and how this fits into the mission-focused life?
2: Sure. Well, I mean, so uh, the abiding cycle is, is very simply is based on the parable of Jesus um, that he taught his disciples in his final hours with them. But it's the, you know, he basically in, in the parable, Jesus says that he is the vine and we're the branches uh, and that if we abide in him, that we would produce much fruit. But apart from him, we could do nothing. And so I don't know how this has happened, but over time, I think we've we've lost our focus as as Christians, really. Uh, So ultimately, uh, as churches, it affects the way our churches, uh, we do community with one another. It affects the way we do missions together. Uh, But abiding is very simple. John describes it as just as obedience. He says, if you obey my commands, you abide in me. Uh, It's not complicated. Uh, but I think again, we we miss the point there. That Jesus is not wanting us to just obey principles from Scripture. He wants us to to make application of Scripture to these particular moments of our life. And ultimately, the word abide means remain. So really, the goal of of God for us in the, the, this teaching of Jesus was that the disciples would. Uh, would remain constantly in obedience to the promptings of at that point Jesus, but he was telling them that night also uh, that he was going away and the Holy Spirit would come and live inside of them uh, that he was with them, but he would be in them and that he would guide them to all truth and take what was of his and give it to them so it's it's the idea that we we need to be more aware of the moment by moment promptings of the Holy Spirit, and to pursue more uh, the will of God for our lives, if we will do that, he says, then we would produce much fruit. Uh, and the fruit that he talks about really is not things we can do on our own. He says it's not; it's, you can't do this by yourself, but it's God' exclusive activity in our lives. And the beautiful thing about that is in, in John 14:11, he says that if we do this. Obey his commands that he will love us and manifest himself to us and that's ultimately what changes us It's 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 knowing God uh, Who he is and that prompts us to go right back into asking God again. Wow. I can't believe you or You're my provider. So now I'm going to trust you with another area of my life And that's what makes it a cycle. So it's it's this cyclic process of, of obedience seeing who God is through his activity, and desiring to see more uh, that we go to him.
1: Because yeah, ultimately what we're trying to do is trying to to have that deeper personal relationship with Christ. And the only way to do that is to abide or to obey, and then to learn who God is through that experience, seek his will, and then and that cycle just keeps going. That, that's kind of a beautiful thing. I guess where I wanted to start off with this conversation is a little bit is... You know our churches are declining. Uh, there's there's some issues out there within our churches. I know millennials and Gen Zs are just are just struggling to see, I guess, what the purpose of the church is in their lives. So I know we see this. Uh, so how do you see this, uh, Glenn? How do you see this?
2: Well, I mean, it, it's it's a great question because um, yeah, I mean, statistically, um, I read some recent research by uh, the Rainier Organization and Barna Research Group where uh, they say that 80% of millennials and Gen Zs are disengaging from the church. Now, these are kids that grew up in the church. Now, they were very active in the church, not not peripheral kids, uh, and, and they're not kids anymore. Obviously, <laughs> I'm 60, so uh, these young people, you know, are are disengaging from the church by age 22, uh, and that's a that's a very real statistic. We see it, and so churches are grasping at straws as to how do we. How do we get these these people back in church? Our churches are dying. We're not. We have no young people, and everybody knows it, and and we're blaming it on everything. And we have all these these solutions. Uh, so you know, we need a younger pastor. Uh, we we need to to we need new methods. Let's follow uh, so and so's methodology or their model. Uh, we need. Uh, an older pastor. You know, we need we need to go back to the things that worked when we were kids. You know, so we've got all these solutions and programs and and um, and means of getting people in the building and 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 all these things that we're trying to do and 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 we're producing fruit, but it's not his fruit. It's it's our fruit. Uh, I was great at that. You know, I was great at filling a building with people. But they didn't love Jesus. They didn't know Him. They didn't live their lives based on the reality of who He was, and neither did I. Uh, so, I, I think people are grasping at straws for that. And and Jesus gives us the answer in the abiding parable. The answer is, much fruit is going to be produced if you abide in Me. So just do what He says. You know, let's just ask God instead of asking other people how to how we need to do stuff.
0: Yeah. So what do you think, yeah. Tanner? You know, one of the things we we talk a lot about at our church is that uh, following Jesus is simple, but it's not easy. And and right. I and I love I love what you said there, Pastor. That the idea really is it all centers around obedience, but obedience is an expression really of of love lived out through relationship. You know, when I when I first met my wife, I uh, I remember just being overwhelmed with a desire to do every little thing that that she wanted. You know, just I wanted to make her happy. I, I wanted to find out all the little details. I wanted to know what her favorite soda was and what kind of cereal she liked and, you know, what her favorite snack snacks were. And I would have those for her. And then when we got married, you know, through that relationship growing in that intimacy developing, you know, the things that kind of annoyed me like, okay, well, let's uh, close the shower curtain instead of leaving it open. Well, I grew up leaving the shower curtain open, but she wanted it closed, But you know what, I love her. And so, so submission to that and obedience to that request, it became a fulfillment of love. And it became something that I could do because I I loved her and it no longer felt like obligation it no longer felt like work. And so my insecurities disappeared in that feeling like a failure went away from that whenever I made mistakes. And I realized that that love propelled me to doing better than just trying to, to do it on my own.
2: Yeah. yeah and so that man that's beautiful and and so the fruit of the spirit you know is love and uh and that kind of love for god uh i, I think is not the, the thing that prompts us to act it's more of a i need to do something or god's going to be upset with me or you know it's kind of a like seeing seeing god in in the wrong light uh, but but that's what makes this a cycle ultimately when we discover who god is uh through obedience. And he reveals himself to us. Uh, it deepens our love for him because we, there's no characteristic of God that we will discover in our experience that doesn't cause us to love him more. He is extremely lovable. And uh, and also it increases our faith. So those two things increase as we, as we walk with God. And so, you know, again, for me, for years, people would say, I, you know, you need to have more faith. I used to preach that, you know, what's the matter with you? Have more faith. You need to love God more. Well, like we're going to pull that out of the air. You know, that's not, you know, you, you love your wife more. If she's more lovable, the more you know her, <laughs> then you love her more with time, right? And the more experiences you have with her, the, the, the more your love deepens for her. So it's, it's this is part of uh, of us, again, it begins with us pursuing the will of God and being willing to obey what he says.
1: One of the things that I, I know your book provides, after reading it, was it's a it's a real solution to to the biggest stumbling block the church has now, and I just kind of want you to talk on that a little bit about what do you what do you feel the solution is for the declining state of the church.
2: Well, I, again, I mean, I, I think Jesus gave us the solution. We're we're grasping at straws when it's it's, it's right here in front of us. It's it is. A determination uh, before we even feel it a determination to obey obey the promptings of, of the Word of the Spirit through the Word uh, you know and and when once we do that then the fruit begins to be produced and you know the fruit may not look like uh, the things that we think that, that are success you know for me um, I, you know, I served in a in a very very large church. I also served as a as a uh, in a denominational role for a, a national, uh, you know, on a national level. Uh, so I, I got the, the big the big attention for having the numbers. And 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 not only did people applaud me, but they wanted to raise me up to a position of leadership because the numbers were good. And, and as a measure of success, you know, numbers are not necessarily fruit of God, you know, and I think when people see God for who he really is, I do believe there there can be eventually a time of of tremendous um, uh, harvest of souls that desire to know God, because he is lovable and wonderful and incredible, um, but until we start showing people God, I, I don't think we're going to see any fruit. And I think, that's, I think really the work that God's doing during this COVID time and all the decreased uh, ability to do those things that we use to measure success, I think the Lord's really been showing us that, you know, if, if your love for me is not increasing, then you might be missing the point. And that's, you know, for me, it was hard for me to admit that, but I start the book off by saying, I think I missed the point. <laughs> I missed it. You know, we measure the success by all these standards that, that are not, just be, not be, being obedient to christ it's, that's not our goal tanner? and we've seen that tim we've seen it
0: yeah. tanner you got anything well i uh i was just in a a marriage mentoring session right before i i got on this call with you guys and one of the conversation one of the pieces of the conversation was about commitment and i and i had to look at this young couple and i said listen guys you have to determine before anything else happens if you're committed to this, like, are you all in? Because that's the only way that this is going to get better. It's the only way you're going to get healthy. It's the only way that you're going to grow. And if you're not committed, well, then you need to be honest with yourselves and to each other and to thought about that because there's going to be consequences that you're going to face and you're just going to keep going around this mountain you know, one of the things that Jesus taught us in connection to our salvation is that we have to count the cost. And I think one of the largest costs of discipleship is obedience. And so we have to, we have to make that decision. And, and, and I'm sure you guys have taught this before, and it's something that, that I try to teach often in our, in our healed ministry is that a lar- a large portion of living a healthy life is making the decisions before you make the actions. Right. So, so what I mean by that is, you know, in my own life, my own part of my own testimony is I lost over 200 pounds a couple of years ago. Well, the reason that I was able to do that is I woke up every day and I made a decision what I was going to eat before I even left the house for the day. So when it came time to make the actions, well, the decisions were already made. So the actions just followed naturally. And I'll, there's a connection to that with our obedience as well. And counting that cost that I say. Okay, I know what God's word says, abiding. I'm abiding in his word. I'm spending time with the spirit. So when the, when the situation arises, the action just flows naturally out, the, out of the decision to be obedient that I've made beforehand.
2: That's good. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I think that's, you know, after years of, of walking with people um, in churches in, in uh, their attempts to abide in Christ, the thing that the enemy steals away um uh, is is intimate time with god. It's prayer. It's bible reading. It's 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 our It's us being awake enough uh, that even when we do Open the word and pray and and seek the lord's will that we can actually hear from god, you know that we we actually are engaged enough and awake enough to um, to to really hear from god so that we can know what to do in our lives and I think uh, a big hindrance to that also is there are people that are that are spending time opening the Bible, saying words to God. But it's a duty uh, to earn something from God rather than an expression of uh, uh, of a desire to follow God so that we can ultimately know him, you know, and in, in know him in a way that's very personal and see his see his character in our lives. So, yeah, I think I think the diligence, uh, you know, the work for us is in our pursuit. And, and doesn't you know, God's going to order our steps anyway, but we can expedite that process um, and instead of going around the world to get to where he wants us to be. We can go, just, just go with him, you know, step by step.
0: Well, and I think that there has. Sorry, Tim. I think no, that don't. there has to be a, a measure of intentionality there. What you're talking about. We have to be willing to slow down and take time. Right. The, I'm convinced that Satan's greatest. Tactic right now in our world and our culture is just being busy. Hmm. Busyness causes me more angst and anguish than anything else in my life. Yeah.
2: Right. Right.
1: I know that's one of the challenges I have in, in my own life is, is take because I, I didn't grow up, even I didn't have the practice of of daily reading the Bible and daily, you know, if I did, it was out of obedience or and it wasn't obedience, it was just like a, that's what I have to do. So what Pastor Glenn has been working on on me with is, as a as a mentor for me is how do I seek God's will as I as I read the Bible? What is the word speaking to me? And that it's it's kind of difficult to do, but I think the more you practice it, the stronger you become. It's like anything. You just need to right. need to do that. So within the Gospel of John, yeah, I know there's what else does it talk about abiding? So what else in, in John? Because it seems simple at times, but yet. Uh, it's a difficult practice to put into place so within the gospel of john uh what does it say about uh, abiding and how do, should we do that
2: well again it's, it's not it's not complicated it it's it's obedience uh in john's gospels and also in in john's gospel and also in his epistles um he he makes it clear that if we say that we um first of all even we say that we love god and we're and we 're not obeying him we we're we're liars, you know, because uh, the only way to know God enough to love Him is to obey Him, and and it has to eventually start with, I don't feel like obeying, but I'm going to obey, and then God starts revealing Himself to us, and and uh, you know, I mean, obviously, first of all, it starts off when when God comes and just saves us. I mean, that's that's God exclusive activity. That we didn't obey anything to be saved; we just accepted a free gift and so once god does that man if we just go with our with our heart from that experience of grace our natural inclination is to say wow you did that for me what well, i want to i want to live for you you know that should be that's our normal uh, reaction to that and so o- ongoing uh, you know john just continues to, to say the same thing over and over again is that uh, there is a tie between love and commandments and love for our brothers that co- that flows out of that um, you know that the, when we experience God's love toward us, and we start to see who God is, that we we begin to become that. Like when I experience the grace of God, I begin to give grace to people. When I experience and realize the, the depths of the love of God, I start loving people. Um, you know, when I when I start when I realize that God's not judging me, you know, then I quit judging other people. It's it's crazy. Uh, but John's very clear about those principles in in his gospel and epistles.
0: You know, when as we were as we were talking before we got on here today one of the things that that you said about the fruit of this cycle that really stood out to me was that these are God exclusive activities. And man my takeaway from that was simply that these are things and you you've said this that these are things that only God can do only God can provide. And and that's really the place that I want my heart to yearn. I want my heart to desire the God only things because right. of this that I can produce, man, I, I've had my fill of that. You know, I, I gave up eating sugar six years ago and I've had people say to me, man, how do you do that? you're never going to have sugar again. I said, listen, in the first 34 years of my life, I <laughs> ate more sugar than most people eat in an entire lifetime. So I don't eat any, I don't need any more of that anymore. Well, I kind of feel that way about myself. Like I've had a fill of Tanner. I've had enough of me now I want the things that only God can give. Not that the world provides, but that Jesus provides.
2: I'm thankful for that, uh, Tanner. I'm thankful for that in your life, uh, at, your, at this stage of life for you. Uh, and, and one of my goals is to, you know, to get that kind of thinking into the lives of young ministers. And, and, uh, and what I'm finding is, surprisingly, that uh, that millennials and Gen Zs, are very open to this kind of organic relationship with god and that it's producing real fruit in their lives man they're they're, they're coming to know god by experience and seeing god exclusive activity in their lives i uh, i know that we're going to have another session i definitely want to bring some of those stories into our second um part two of this of this uh interview uh because the stories are what make make it all make sense when we see god Doing God-exclusive activity in the lives of believers because they're simply pursuing His will and obeying, and that—that's life-changing. That's life-changing. It changes an old man, an old preacher. I can tell you that.
1: Yeah, it, it continues to change. me. Yeah, it continues. Yeah, yeah and more, it's molding you into the the person God created you to be. And I know obey is a, is a hard word. It's just it sounds it sounds harsh. We need to obey. Um, but it's a benefit. It's a, it's a gift that God gives to us because if we do this and you're going to share some examples in, in part two on this, uh, podcast about what that is, when you obey what happens and you know, that's all part of our testimonies is usually at some time within our testimony, we just gave it up and we decided to obey. And uh, so I think that's probably the starting point, um, for the stories that we'll be hearing in in part two, but, um, Anything else you'd like to wrap up with with this uh, in of part one here, Glenn?
2: I'm just thankful for the opportunity, Tim. To uh, well, first of all, just minister with uh, another child foundation um, to to partner with you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for uh, for the fact that God keeps bringing people into my life. That uh, you know, when I first started this ministry, there was a I got a I, I was reading through the Book of Acts and. Uh, In my quiet time one day, God God spoke to me through the story of Peter and Cornelius, and it was that um, You know Peter was going to a people that he would not have gone to Because he was in prayer and seeking the Lord and God spoke for him to go Uh, That there that and then God also spoke to Cornelius a God-fearing man uh, that that to that Peter was coming in to hear what he had to say and there was this this magical moment that happens Um, when God puts two people together, uh, the one with a message going to a people he wouldn't have thought to go to. And then that, those people being ready to hear the message and actually asking in some cases, uh, asking for, for the very thing, the very message that's coming with the one being sent. I've had so many of those experiences and I'll never forget when, you know, John and I went to Romania and. And we were on the plane and God, and every time we would have conversation, it was just so evident that God was working in his life to hear the things. And God had sent me to speak to him. And I wasn't even, I didn't know that it was about him at the time. And then when I went to Chicago or wherever you guys are, Naperville, uh, and hung out with you guys and how God just made that moment so special. um, You know, I I know that this is, this is God's plan for us. And that's what excites me is that he's put us together for this. So. Look forward to, to continuing this conversation.
1: Yeah, and really, that that story um, with um, the two gentlemen you just talked about Peter was it uh, Paul and uh, Cornelius. He's in Cornelius, yeah. Yeah, Peter and Cornelius? Yeah, Peter That's exactly what the mission focused life its It's God using being able to, when God puts two people together, um, you know, that those things can happen. And, then, and that's kind of what we're helping trying to help people do is to be aware of these situations that God may be putting in front of you. Uh, each and every day. So anyway, we're going to be going on to part two here shortly. But anyway, thanks for uh, listening to part one of this episode, this podcast. If you liked what you heard, share this on the YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. And until next time, keep serving others.
0: Thank you.